podcast. I'm John Wilson. And I'm Bridget Bonifant. This is a podcast dedicated to introducing you to people throughout the Sword of the Spirit. We'll invite a guest to each episode, and then we'll just spend a few minutes getting to know them and hearing part of their story. Today on our podcast, we're talking with Betsy Schleter, along with her husband, Brad, Betsy, and uh, her, their family. They've been a part of the new and growing community in Kansas City called Heart of the Redeemer, and we're excited to chat with her. Well, we're really glad to have you join us, and um, maybe just to start out, it, you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and about your family, and what you do with your time, and we'll go from there. Uh-huh. Sounds great. Well, I'm Betsy Schleter, and I'm married to Brad. And we are currently living in Kansas City, Missouri, with our eight children. So our oldest is um, 18, just about to start college this next this fall. And then wow. our youngest is 10 months old. And we have pretty much pick an age in between there. Probably have somebody. And I homeschool our kids, which is a great joy. And we are given our life for the building of Heart of the Redeemer Covenant Community in Kansas City. How did you get to Kansas City? Great question. (laughs) It's a fun story. (laughs) It was not our plan. Um, Brad and I both worked for SPO in St. Paul, and we were part of Christ the Redeemer Covenant Community and uh, experienced a wonderful gift of life in Christ the Redeemer. We were serving in the young adult um, world and part of community life. We were living in a cluster with some of our closest friends that we had been in SPO with and um, just had a great life and uh, very rich in the Lord. And when Brad was on our community men's retreat one year, 2011, he heard an invitation from the Lord to consider Uh, moving to Kansas City because we knew some folks were down here trying to get Covenant community off the ground here in Kansas City. And if anybody knows Brad, he's an engineer. He's a quiet, rooted, slow-moving man, not one. He's grew up, born and raised in Minnesota, not going anywhere kind of a guy. And um, and so he, he didn't even tell me, actually, for three weeks <laughs> about this kind of conversation he had with the Lord. So when he finally did tell me, it was the first time in our married life that I was silent <laughs> and had nothing to say. Uh, in response to that, it was not at all what was on my mind. Um, but the Lord, and he did a number of kind of miraculous things um, to get us to, to consider coming down here. And uh, when we finally, after talking to our pastoral leaders and leaders in the community, uh, we, we were sitting in our bathroom brushing our teeth. And we said, yes, Lord, hmm. we'll go. Um, <clears throat> but these were the stipulations. We had four kids at the time. Brad needed, and it was in a time where it's hard to find a job, kind of like now. Uh, Lord, we need a job. Uh, We need somebody to rent our house. We were thinking we'd come down for about three years and help get the community off the ground and then go back to our nice life that we love. 
um, we need somebody to, to rent our house, a job, and we were going to give the Lord three months. We were in the middle of serving and we didn't want to have this drag on for a long time. So that was April. Uh, the next day, someone called and said that a community family was looking to rent a house for three years. Oh my and, gosh. Um, and so the next day, Brad went to his boss, who was a Christian man, and said, hey, I, I think we're going to be moving and I'm going to be looking for a new job. Just wanted to give you the heads up. And his boss said, well, have you ever thought about working remotely? I never thought of that. I never knew that was an option. So within 48 hours of what we had laid before the Lord, uh, it was all taken care of. Brad worked remotely, moved into our house, and six weeks later, we moved to Kansas City with our four kids wow. and started the, the joy of, of community building in a new place. Mm. Well, I love, I love that not only did somebody want to rent your house, but they, they wanted to rent your house for three years. For three which years. Is the time frame that you thought you'd go. It's just yeah. amazing. The Lord's. The specificity of that. You know, we needed we needed that. Yeah. <laughs> it needed to be really clear. And, no kidding. Uh, we're really grateful for that. And was that ever something that you guys had thought about ever before that? Like something you'd ever even, yeah, thought about I, or imagined? I kind of am a fun, like, let's, let's think about fun things and, yeah. you know married to my nice quiet engineer and uh, we had the joy of a number of the the younger leaders in the ohio community lived came to christ the redeemer for a while for some training and a number of them lived with our family uh, the young ladies as they were in saint paul and so i would always joke as they would go back brad let's go with them yeah. it'd be so fun uh, when which brad promptly responded no no we're we're, we're rooted here so that it was even funnier oh, than I guess that it's that it even was funnier that it Brad was that came to you. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Well, that's what I was going to say is I, I, it's interesting to think about, I mean, almost gender stereotypes with something like this, because I tend to think of a man, especially if, with, if you have four kids at that point, it's going to be the man that says, I want to do this. And the wife is like, ah, I'm not sure I want to do this, honey. I'm really going to, and it, it's both switched for you guys in a way, but then it was also Brad that, you know, had the first kind of sense from the Lord. And it just shows that we should not think in stereotyped ways about how, how God works because he will take Amen. all different kinds of couples and he will speak to them however he wants to speak mm -hmm. to them, but he will make it clear. Mm -hmm. He does. Yeah. yeah. And Betsy, how did you guys initially connect? So you said you were working for SPO, serving. Yes. How did you connect to the community? Did either of you grow yeah. up in the community, or how did yeah. you no. all get to either of Christ Redeemer? Yeah, great question. Neither of us grew up in community, um, so we both were introduced to it through SPO, mm. and um, and and both individually before we um, started our courtship process and marriage had both experienced a real call to the community life. It was a really, uh, I grew up actually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So then I, I came from Louisiana through NET Ministries, did a year with NET. Um, and I, I stayed on what they call the home team. And at that point, uh, I lived with community families while I was on NET that whole year. Mm -hmm. And we connected a lot with SPO. And I fell in love with the outreach of the college outreach. And so started uh, working for them. And and really, you know, I, I grew up in a nice 
Christian home had a wonderful foundation, uh, but it was really the women of Christ the Redeemer uh, who taught me how to be a woman of God mm. in all areas of, of life. And they're still teaching me a lot to learn, um, but I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, you know, after living SPO life and household life and serving in that way, it was just a really natural ne next step for Brad and I both mm. to be a part of Christ the Redeemer. And um, it's just been, I, th I think of it as a feast, real, a real feast of the Lord in the midst of a culture that's living in such famine mm. for the Lord. Yeah. And then when you, so, so living in an established community and then experiencing the call to go kind of help, you said there were already people there. Um, yep. Yeah. There were Kansas a few, City. there was a couple of Matt and Jen Carr had been part of net and SPO life as single young adults. And they reconnected with SPO and decided to, to work with SPO and, and start to get a, a chapter, community built here around the SPO chapter. Okay. So then what was that like? I mean, what was some of the things that you experienced the Lord kind of draw you to some of the vision that he gave you to leave as an established community and then go to, to a newer community? You know, we just experienced so much life mm. in Christ the Redeemer. There's so much, such a gift of life um, and richness in the Lord and, uh, and we were so excited and still are so excited to share the way of life that the Lord has given us. Um, I mean, every area of our family life is, has been touched by the community's way of life, by covenant community. And, and we believe it's, it's blessed um, our lives, you know, in proportionally, just so much, so much blessing. And we were eager to share that uh, with other families. And, and as we got down here, we found uh, families that were very eager mm -hmm. for the life that we live. And, and they've been heroic. Uh, our, first, our first families here in, in Heart of the Redeemer were established families. You know, Brad and I had the, the joy and the gift of putting on our way of life as singles. We got married. It was just very natural, very easy for us. Uh, but the men and women here and the families here have been heroic in in being established already and then putting on hmm. um, the practices and the life of the community. You've been there almost 10 years. 10 years now. Yeah. Probably sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it's, a, it's been amazing how fast and how, how much it seems like forever and how fast it's been all at the same time. There, there must have, have been, and there must be challenges through that time as well as the joys and richness can you i mean we, we, you don't want to air your dirty laundry if you're <laughs> here on our podcast but love to hear some of the, the things you guys wrestle with in real life both balancing homeschooling eight kids brad's working and then you're trying to be a part of the community and help lead the community and build the community where are some of the pressure points that you guys experience? Yeah. Well, you just, you, you, you pressed on several of them there, right? The balance of life and, uh, and children and their needs for sure. Uh, and our life as, as um, rich and full as it is, as you all know, it, it costs, right? And, um, and to live closely with one another uh, costs and to, uh, 
we all come to the table with our ideas of what covenant community ought to look like, <laughs> the direction it ought to go, and we're uh, we're all learning, we're all growing, and and learning how to bring our opinions and ideas to the table, and then knowing when to when to hold on and when to let go. Learning a lot about mercy and forgiveness and uh, personalities, <laughs> how how all those things fit together. So I would say the last 10 years have been definitely the hardest 10 years of, of life for me and the Lord. And, and also 10 years of great growth and blessing and intimacy with the Lord. And, and I'm grateful for that. And maybe, maybe those two things go together. Mm-hmm. I think they probably do. I think yeah. sometimes we yeah. <laughs> think it's an either or thing and the, Sometimes it's, it's really, that's the way it works. Mm. Yes. What were some of the, like, right off the bat, initial challenges? Like when you moved, you're in a new mm. place, new people with your, with your family. What were some of the hardest things early on? Oh, that, the funny thing is that the, the, the beginning of this was just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> because we were in a new place. We're building new relationships. Mm. We were going to just be here for three years. So we were just super excited to go on mission and to dive into the mission of it. Um, and there was just a lot of grace. I mean, we were just, we were walking in grace at every moment. And um, it's women in it, you know. And so <laughs> there was a lot of joy uh, in those first number of years. And, and I think the hardest, and one of the hardest things probably was, was leaving established relationships, right? You know, um, we, we, all of our friends were, um, and still are, you know, just deep Christians that were formed in a particular, uh, in our way of life, didn't have to be one to our way of life or, um, didn't have to be taught, you know? So there was just a depth of, of, you know, we had, 15 years of relationship about at that point before, Mm. before we left. So that was probably one of the harder challenges. Yeah, for sure. And then that, that process, yeah, of, of winning people to our way of life. I mean, each of our communities, I think have to work through that, but I think particularly, obviously in a new place, you're working with not as much, I don't know, quorum of people who do know that. So I don't know if you can speak to any ways that you feel like you guys learned here's how to, to win people to this vision or mm. things that you began to pick up on or do as, as a means of, yeah, envisioning people and, and imparting that vision. That's, it's not an easy task. <laughs> We're learning. Um, a lot of it is, is coming alongside and, and living the, the gift of our life and bringing people into it. Mm. Um, uh, one of the, I think there's just so many different areas that kind of rub the modern person mm. about our way of life that have to, it's a slow process of letting, letting people come in and experience it and grow in it. You know, I mean, charismatic worship is, is a new thing for a lot of people. Mm. Um, the way that we approach leadership in the sort of the spirit uh, men's and women's leadership can be a real challenge for people. Um, uh, just basic authority mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and independence as Americans, we just really value having freedom to say when we're going to come to things and not, and a commitment can be a real challenge for people. But um, 
but I think the more that we live our life with authenticity and you see the fruit of it, um, people catch that vision. You, one of the things that has stood out to me as we've started, um, talking to people on this podcast is the diversity of the sword of the spirit. And we've talked to people of different ages and, um, in our community life, I'm, I'm aware of our community. We just passed our 50th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. On behalf of the community, (laughs) I'm a newbie. Um, I'm, I'm convinced that our community is only approaching sort of maturation in terms Mm -hmm. of our age, because we haven't had, you know, to, to be blunt, we haven't had a whole generation of people live and die in community. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be really important for our communities to come to that point. So as we're talking to you, I'm thinking, wow, you guys had established families when you started, but you're still pretty young. Yes. Do you have any old members? You probably don't. Nope. I mean, we pick on people call them old, but they're not. <laughs> you know, I would say our oldest members are, are in their 50s. Mm. Yeah. So what do you see there with that dynamic? Hmm. We have a lot of growing to do. <laughs> um, you know, one of the joys is we have a lot of young people mm. that bring a lot of zeal and um, life in the spirit, but one of the, I guess, you know, another thing that I miss the most about Christ the Redeemer is the the gift of having a generation older than us to learn from mm-hmm. and um, women and men to that, you know, I just was next door neighbors with that shared life with me who were 20 years older than me and taught me how to, how to live just by being who they were, mm-hmm. you know, who they are. Um, so we, we miss that. We are blessed with wonderful outside leaders that help Heart of the Redeemer and invest in us. But it's not the same as having the, the, the gift of a generation you know, or a group of people older than us to really teach us what we're doing. Yeah. So we do a lot of fumbling around here. <laughs> and that's, I highlight that not to say there's something wrong with your community. That's where you're supposed to be because it's yep. a, it's a growing process and, um, it has to go that way, but it just, it, I, I was just thinking that that's a real cost. I think Bridget was kind of asking what have, what have been the costs of you moving or for just trying to start a new community and that's realizing, yeah, that's a cost. Mm. Hard. It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Grateful for technology. Right? Yeah. That we live in this day and age that we can still stay connected, but and for generous people willing to invest in us. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely a cost. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, it, like to connect those two things that with the, this idea of passing on the vision, that's where it is challenging when you know that you're kind of maybe more in the minority in terms of who understands and really embraces the vision. 
I don't know, sometimes it's easier in established community to to lean back on maybe the older generations for that, like the carrying on of, of the vision. And yeah, that, that would just be challenging. There's probably a sense of some isolation there of like, man, like who else is doing this? Who else gets this, you know? And is that, do you feel like one of these things you've sort of had to take up with the Lord in these past number of years? It, it has been something I've had to wrestle with. And yet the Lord has provided, you know, one of the other great gifts in my life is that actually the, the couples that we lived in cluster with um, in Christ Redeemer, they're across the country as well on mission right now, helping mm. to start other communities. So we have, um, we have friends all over the country down in Tallahassee and in Ohio and Texas places that are, mm. that are building. And so there's a, there is the, a real gift in those relationships that mm. they're, especially that they're so long term, they've been there for 20 years and we're experiencing this new kind of mission life at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's been a real gift. Amazing. Yeah. You have, um, I'm picturing your household. You have a lot of life being lived <laughs> in your house. I have five kids and I, I, the older they get, the more I realize how different they are. They're five Amen. personalities. Yes. And, um, you have eight, 10, you know, count and you know, Brad's a quiet, steady guy, but <laughs> there's a lot of Brad too. In, in the best sense of the word, best Amen. Sense of the phrase. What if, if you can characterize any of your children's experience of all of this, or um, uh, any stories of? I, I'm just thinking of like, what's it like to be a little Schleter <laughs> in the midst of this? I mean, four of them moved, yes, and four of them were born there, but yet you guys consider yourselves missionaries. But it's a weird kind of missionary because you're also living in community. How have your kids been able to enter into that or not been able to enter into that? What's that been like for them? If you can hmm. be so bold as to try to yeah. characterize it. You know, it's different for each one. The oldest is definitely the hardest. The move has been on her. She's, she has sacrificed the, the most, I think, of the kids. Um, and she's, she's done it well, hmm. but it's cost her the most, I'd say. The rest of the kids, um, one of the great blessings of Heart of the Redeemer right now is that we have a, a cluster that is vibrant. Wow. And so we have, I don't know, 35 kids in the cluster. So COVID has been a dream for them because um, nobody could do anything. They had to play outside and we let them play kickball at the field by the pool. And they just, they, they actually developed this life together that's um, been a real gift so our, our, our younger kids, I would say our 16-year-old boy, all the way down to the baby, you know, um, has, is just surrounded by uh, kids their age that are living community life. And, and there's a real rich blessing for them. It's been a real, it's, it's been a gift for them. Mm. That's amazing. 35 kids. Yeah, and one and just in this neighborhood. That's yeah. amazing. Oh my so your kids are really just experiencing community life <laughs> there. That this is their community, and yep. some of the your oldest challenge is probably because she was old enough to know CCR and have relationships yes. there. Yep. 
and and there's not as many kids her age there's mm-hmm. about you know four or five um her her age in particular and so everybody else there's there's just a, an abundance of life hmm. heart of the redeemer which is a gift hmm. kids and we have a youth group that's just getting off the ground we've just graduated our first our first group of of high schoolers that went through our whole youth group so we're grateful for that and so there is something developing for mm. our, our kids here yeah praise god yeah the other thing i'm curious about betsy is you said you know the plan was three years and then yes. move back to your yes. life <laughs> um, yes what changed between three years and uh 10 and years that, you know that's a great question <laughs> uh it this you know when you pour yourself out somewhere uh, it becomes your home, mm-hmm. you know, and so three years of pouring out here and, um, and it, it became our, our home, our mm-hmm. place and, and our people. And, uh, we thought for sure <laughs> we had a house in the inner city of St. Paul basically. And, um, and we thought for sure we were going to just go bankrupt over trying to get rid of that house, you know? And, and we also thought we were going to have to move to Minnesota for six months or something to sell it because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford a rental payment in Kansas City and a house payment in Minnesota. So Brad spent a week fixing up the house. We put it on the market. And in a week, we had a cash offer for exactly the amount that we needed to sell that house. I oh think we like, walked away with $300, you know. Um, so it's just another another experience of the Lord's real care mm. for us. And and so we didn't have to take six months off of, of our life down here. We were able to, actually, we didn't have a house to move into. Mm. <laughs> so we had to come back to Kansas City and quickly buy something. But mm. um, there was, a, a, yeah, the Lord's hand in that too. Wow. That's amazing. I, in working for ECO, the number of years that I have, I often tell people that my experience of hearing the Lord's uh, word in my life and hearing the Lord speak to me is never as clear as it is when he speaks to me about ECO, about my mission. Um, it's like I could ask him loads of things about other other areas, <laughs> and he tends to be a little more silent. And but when I come to the Lord and ask for confirmation of His call in my life in this particular mission, it's blown me away. Actually, the way that the Lord has spoken very clearly for me, and that consistently, like it continues to be a source of encouragement for me to kind of root me in. Yeah, this is the Lord's call. And so it's cool to see that the Lord does that for you. And I think, you know, probably not true for everyone, but sometimes there is this way that some, like the, when the Lord really wants us in something, I think particularly mission and the missional call that he has in our lives, he, he's not afraid to make that clear. And what a gift that is. I love that. It's a gift. Yeah, it's a, it's just great testimony. I'm glad we got the chance to talk to you because you know I I'm sure you're aware we're we want to plant more communities. Amen. And yes. it's super helpful and inspiring to hear. Ten years in, here's how this has gone mm-hmm. for these people, and um, it it's I I just think and and what Bridget just said I think is really true. I think. You know, if if the Lord is in that, we think He is. We need to keep seeking Him. But if He is, He'll make all these things 
work out and line up and amen mm-hmm. so it's a timely testimony that you're sharing with us yeah yeah betsy is there anything i don't know on the off chance someone is listening to this podcast and is and is open to you know maybe moving to a community plant or you know starting one or helping a, a young community is there something that you i don't know here here's like a nugget of advice or something that i've learned for people who are maybe considering this yeah you know um open be open to the lord i do think the lord is calling people mm. and uh, we brad and i had the honor and the privilege of working on a, a task force that put together a whole set of documents um and testimonies and questions to if you're thinking about going mm. on mission to help start a new community we have um you know questions for discernment things to to really ponder and bring to the lord uh, great examples of people who shared their testimony other people shared their testimony and their call so i would say talk to your pastoral leader your leaders of your community and get a hold of this toolkit Hmm. um, that's been put together and 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 pray through it you know and and ask the lord if it's the lord's call he's he's going to make it happen Mm -hmm. you don't want to do it if it's not the lord's (laughs) call (laughs) because it costs a lot Mm -hmm. um but it's worth it and there's grace and there's blessing if it's the Lord's call for your life. Amen. Well, Bridget, it was great to interview, uh, Betsy today, what struck you from our conversation, uh, with, with her? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think what stood out to me the most, when I asked her about what changed from three to 10 years, which is like a big jump, I was really struck by what she said, this idea of like, because we poured ourselves out, you know, into this mission and in our time in Kansas city, it became our home. Um, yeah. And I was struck by that thinking about the way that that applies obviously to something as maybe dramatic as a chapter or a community plant. Um, but also I think a lot of us have experienced that in whatever mission or service we do, there's this temptation, right. Of like, I'm only going to kind of half pour myself into this, but actually that kind of robs us of, the, the fruit that that can bear in our lives, but because they really poured themselves out, you know, I just was thinking about when Paul talks about being poured out as a libation, when they really poured themselves out, it became their home. And the Lord then used that to bear fruit in their lives and in that mission. And I partially asked because I remember when I began doing mission with ECO, I was like, Oh, I'll do a year. And then I'll get back to my, like, fully programmed plan for my life. And year by year, I was kind of like, I'll do another year and then I'll get back to my life. And then it kind of got to this point where I was like, no, like this, this is, this is good. And the Lord's bearing fruit in that. Yeah. And I was thinking about you because you moved from, I mean, it, on the map, it doesn't look like a big deal. Grand Rapids to Ann Arbor. And you were kind of from around here originally, but going from a um, college outreach in 
Grand Rapids to the the outreach here in Ann Arbor is actually a big cultural change, mm-hmm. and you are changed, I'm sure, mm-hmm. by all, all your years serving here. I think of um, my experience living overseas and living in Detroit for then more years. Um, it was really it changed my life. It changed who I am to live in those other cultures. And I find now how grateful I am to be close to Detroit because I can go visit. Um, We can't, it's not practical for us to visit Fiji where we lived. Mm. And I would love to be able to do that and connect with our friends there and the culture that we learned there. And we can do that in Detroit, but it there's a sadness that, you know, we're not there anymore. We're here. Um, and I guess it just, it reminds me that God's not from Ann Arbor. Hmm. God's not from UCO Grand Valley. <laughs> God's not from Detroit. God is, God made all of these different cultures, different people, and, um, I think Brad and Betsy in Kansas City are more fully in God's heart, the heart of the Redeemer, hmm. because they've moved and, and experienced uh, a new home there, just like I'm closer to the heart of the Redeemer because I lived in Detroit and hmm. experienced that different culture. So those are that's, that's encouraging, and I think no matter what our age, that should be our vision for hmm. where we're, where we're located that we're trying to find um more of the lord's heart Mm -hmm. there yeah and and we do that by actually kind of it's the lord's work but i think it it also costs something from us which is that pouring all out you know for that that's where that fruit's born Bulwark is a Soar the Spirit podcast. Our program is produced by John Wilson and Bridget Bonifant. Peter Wilson is our sound engineer, and music for our podcast was written and performed by Peter Wilson and Will Cannon.